Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, I'm stand-up comedian James Mullinger and the co-founder of Edits Magazine. This is Mullinger Meets Canadians, the podcast where we meet Canadians who are making waves on the world stage. In this episode, I'm meeting a person who I think of every morning over breakfast. I'm, of course, talking about entrepreneur Jolene Lasky. Jolene is the founder and president of Wabanaki Maple, a 100% Indigenous female-owned maple syrup manufacturer in Tobique First Nation, New Brunswick. She was inspired to create this business based on what we're lucky enough to have access to here in the Maritimes. With healing and nourishing powers, maple syrup has been cherished by First Nations peoples for centuries. It was one of the many gifts shared with early settlers, helping them to survive our harsh winters. In this far-reaching and often unbearably moving interview, we discuss how she was supported as a female Indigenous entrepreneur in this region, how her company has grown, and how others can find opportunity here. As a huge fan and daily consumer of Wabanaki Maple, I was delighted and excited to learn how her locally sourced syrup is aged in repurposed oak barrels acquired from Kentucky whiskey distilleries, how she's increased tourism to New Brunswick and employment here, and the ways that the Atlantic Canadian business community has supported her through COVID and how she continues to grow today. As Jolene herself so beautifully puts it, we are creating a sweeter day in a traditional way by providing a taste of indigenous culture through our barrel-aged maple syrup products. Here we go. Jolene, it is a huge honor to finally meet you. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here today with you uh, as well. Looking forward to our chat. Yeah, this is uh, this is very exciting for me because I have to say what you do is incredible, and and I'd love to just go back to the to the very beginning because what you've done is put my two favorite things together: maple syrup and whiskey. Which uh, genius! To tell me how how this came about. Oh gosh, well I guess you know th there was a, a combination of things uh, leading up to to uh, the maple syrup and 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 uh, the flavor of whiskey. But, um, you know, I, I, I had some uh, exposure to the industry, the maple syrup industry. And uh, it was one of my favorite times when I could spend the season helping uh, my sister, actually, who has a hobby, sugar bush. And uh, that in combination with trying to move forward and, and finding my own purpose, I guess, um, the, it just made sense for me to get involved with the agriculture side. And that being said, it's, you know, lots of little steps in between, but I'm, you know, just wanted to expand and create something new with, with the product. So it's such a versatile product. You know, we have candies and sugars and things and, and just wanted to play around with new ideas. 
That's it's really incredible. Um, and so, was it a kind of a conscious thought that you wanted to kind of you know, as an entrepreneur, create something? And and when did that kind of conscious thought transition into this incredible creative idea? I, I mean, it, it. I think it. You know, it started several years back. Um, I've always, you know, I had most of my uh, work experience has been in the food industry, um, as well as seasonal work on, on Christmas tree farms. And, and it was just, I came to a point where I, you know, I wasn't quite satisfied with where I was in my, my career. And as you get older, you, you tend to, you know, want to find something more meaningful. And that's kind of where I decided that, you know, I started looking and investigating other options and ventures. And, and it happened to be that uh, a seed had been planted, so to speak. And that's kind of how, you know, Wabunaki has grown to be what it is today. Wow. And I mean, what's incredible about it is that you've, you've able to, been able to come up with something which is, is, is ingenious in its concept. Obviously, it's hugely successful, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, but also you, you're very adamant and, 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 you know, you find it very important to give back to your community and, and environment. And you obviously find time to, to essentially become a, a spokesperson for kind of celebrating indigenous cultures. Uh, how, 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 how do you find time to to do all of those things. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that is, that has been a challenge for me. Um, and specifically, you know, like the, the thing that really um, drove me to, to launch this company and, and everything that it's about was um, going back. I'll just go back a little bit. I, I hadn't been, um, I've, I, I was raised and brought up in non-Indigenous communities. My father was, you know, in the military. So we, we you know, I, I wasn't connected to my own culture. And so after, you know, only 20 years ago, I found my way back. And, and that's kind of where the passion and, and desire to keep going with this company and, and share as much as I can. I mean, I'm still a student uh, in learning the teachings and things like that, but that's where my passion, you know, I, I drive my, my driving force. Um, and as a spokesperson, I, I, ne I never imagined myself to be a spokesperson. I was just doing something that I, I loved and I wanted to do um, to help our, our communities thrive, um, you know, economically and, and environmentally. So, yeah, I, I, I guess that's kind of, it, it has been a challenge to uh, juggle family, life, work. Uh, I, I have still yet a 15-year-old at home. So, uh, and, and he, yeah, he, he's a handful at times. <laughs> with, so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, there, there's that that's a huge I think for any entrepreneur juggling and challenging um, those challenges are, are, are still they're, they're every day. Right. And we just take it one step at a time. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it must be an incredible thing, though, to, to, to be knowing that you're doing something which a you're passionate about, which people are obviously looking to you for. I mean, I mean, the fact that you're obviously providing employment um, and the knock on effect of a, a successful business like yours, but also the, the, the educational side. I mean, you mentioned yourself that, that that you didn't grow up in indigenous communities, but 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 started to embrace it and learn about it. And of course, through what you do, you're now educating other people. How, how does that feel? And, and what's the feedback that you get from people, indigenous and non-indigenous, about what they learn from you? Oh, um, you know what? The feedback has been fantastic. Yeah. And I feel great that I'm able to share this little piece of, of our history and culture. I mean, there, there is so much 
to our culture and so many teachings and you know celebration ceremonies. Um, so I've just kind of nicked the iceberg with it, but it feels good that you know people are constantly reaching out and they're giving all kinds of positive um, feedback and support. Um, and that's why we're still you know we're we're still moving forward today, regardless of the pandemic and COVID. It, it's still you know it, it's our it's our our customers, our consumers that you know. I'm very grateful for and and their support. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I am. I am one of those customers. I, ha- I have a, a belly full of, uh, of of pancakes and Wabanaki maple right now. I'm a I'm a huge fan. Like I said, um, it's uh, uh, how long was the was the process between uh, the kind of inception and uh, and the concept to? Because uh, I know. I mean, it takes a, an incredibly long time. To, for example, just to take a, a, a sugar maple and 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 wait for it to be matured. So, I mean, can you talk me through the process from having the idea to to the the execution um but also i mean also the branding because one of the th- things that that first ad- attracted me to what you do is is your branding is just so beautiful i mean it it, it almost looks like a it, it kind of reminds me like it looks like a five star hotel resort almost like a luxury like it like it it, it screams of and it really really stands out um on, on on a retail display or indeed any just any display so i'm really fascinated by that the process from inception uh, creation and and branding okay uh, yeah for sure <laughs> thank you though um we've had we've had fantastic reviews on our branding so i get you know we hit that we hit the mark with with that I, I and by going back to inception and and into you know building and launching it, it took um you know basically about a year uh, to develop the idea and the business plan. And and for me, I mean, it was all new. I had no previous business experience or training. And and so, you know, I knew I had to, to step back and, and, and undergo some, some work um, so that I could build a solid foundation. So, uh, you know, with a, within a year, I, I participated in uh, what they call the Indigenous, uh, it's JEDI, Joint Economic Development. It was a a non-for-profit indigenous organization that helps with um, foster uh, indigenous entrepreneurs. So I knew, uh, they had programs available, and I enrolled, and that's kind of where I got my the basic and the the foundation, the plan. That being said, I you know I I made key um, partnerships and relationships with mentors and coaches to help me get through some of those pieces. We knew we had the product because we are already experimenting with it in-house, but it was, you know, all the other moving pieces, the marketing, like you said, um, how do you launch a website and and so forth. So I, you know, I I had great support through mentorship and and different um, organizations and associations to to help me work towards the the launching and and continuing to grow. Um, that, That being said, you know, I... I connected and, and outsourced some of my marketing piece, but I knew that whichever whichever direction and whichever you know the brand was going to look like, it was going to speak richness as in our culture and that vibrant um, piece that I want it to be premium and elegant, and so and different. Yeah, because <laughs> that's well, that's what we are. So, that's yeah. it. 
Well, it really, it re- it really does stand out for all of those ways, and it, and I, I commend you for the for having the kind of the the boldness to say I want this to look premium and elegant because sometimes there is, especially in in smaller places, there's a, a a fear of that. People are worried that people might think that if something looks too premium, they're worried that it might look uh, luxury and scare people off. But but not everything has to be kind of has to look like a like a tourist gift. You know what I mean? Things can look beautiful and still be accessible. It's really wonderful to hear about all, all of the, the support that you had uh, launching the business and, and getting it off the ground. Do you think that's a kind of innate in New Brunswick sensibility whereby people are kind of always looking to, to support uh, entrepreneurs and business leaders in that way? For sure. I, I really think that, you know, living in New Brunswick and especially I think in our smaller communities, um, it, it is, it's about, you know, supporting and rising each other up. Uh, I've I feel a, a very tightness and tight knit with within our communities, just local communities. And they've been the first ones to help, um, you know, buy our products, talk about us and, and share uh, our products and, and give them as gifts. So, you know, really and truly, I, I couldn't pick a better place to live rather than New Brunswick and Tobik First Nation. <laughs> That's so beautiful because it, it, it isn't always the first place people think of as the the ideal spot to start a new business. But for me, as someone that, that's moved here from away, I, I just find it incredibly unique because in so many other parts of the world, if you want to try something new or start a new business, people think of you as as competition. And yet here, you just feel this this kind of uh, this warmth. And as, I think, as you beautifully put it, like people want to prop each other up and 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 help everyone. And and that includes inclusive nature of the New Brunswick people is just something that really uh, I, I feel quite unique to this place. <laughs> I agree. I, I totally agree there with you. Like I said, it's um, I, I've, I've been pretty sheltered. So New Brunswick has been my home base for most of my life. And and again, I, I, I can't I can't imagine living elsewhere. So. Uh, that's nice. And and you met, you mentioned that uh, when you were growing up, your your father was in the military. Can you tell me a bit about your your childhood and uh, and your upbringing and and how that has kind of uh, turned you into this kind of uh, business leader that you are today? Well, wow. I you know honestly, first and foremost, my parents. I got to say. I grew up in a very, very well-loved and supportive family. I have five other siblings, and like I said, my my father was joined the military at a young age, and, and my roots, you know, my Indigenous roots are through my father, um, and and so you know, oh, that's kind of why we, you know, we we were close knit, um, just because that's who all we had. I think at times because of our traveling and relocations and things like that, but. We, you know, with both of my parents, they both worked so hard and they instilled so many great qualities and attributes with all of us. Um, you know, the good, strong work ethic, um, being committed, doing, you know, if you're going to start something, you know, stay with it and do it, you know, do it to the best of your ability. Um, we just had a very, very close-knit and supportive, loving family that, you know, and the the conversations could be a little wild and open at times. But that's, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. So I, I honestly, I, I couldn't have asked for a better upbringing. And, and so, you know, I, I, I attribute a lot of my, my success to, to having that right and that, that secure um, upbringing that I had. I'm very fortunate. Uh, unfortunately, I speak today and, and I kind of have tears in my eyes because 
Um, I just recently lost my father, but I take away all the good things and all the great memories. Um, so it's those memories when you're when you're growing up that uh, that, that that shape who we are. Um, and I I, I I relate, and I I know where you're coming from. I really really do. Um, my um, my my grandmother actually died yesterday uh, from a, in, in 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 the UK. Yeah, and it was and it's one of those ter- ter- you know terrible COVID uh, things. And uh, and it's interesting what what you were just saying because it's that thing where you're clinging on to those memories that you have. Where it sounds like for you, your father was the person that that taught you what you could do and my, my grandmother was the only person that when I said when I was a kid that I wanted to be a comedian and a journalist and everyone else said that's ridiculous get a proper job she was the only person that said um you know so I, I really do um I, I understand well, where you're coming I, I, from uh, yeah. my condolences and I guess going oh, back thank just you. No, briefly likewise. it was like I remember as a young girl uh you know growing up and, and my father would all like regardless of what it was, he would always say, well, you know, um, if you're going to do something, do it right. But that meant just do your best. It didn't mean to, it didn't mean it had to be perfect. It was do your best and give a hundred percent at those things. And that's what I'm doing. That's how, you know, I, I live out my, my days and just being committed and, and dedicated and doing my best. Absolutely. Success is not about financial reward or possessions it's about go you know waking up doing what the best you can and then going to bed that night knowing you did the best that you possibly could and I think that's the thing that you know like you say that your father would be proud of and I hope my grandma would be proud of me too like that same that same feeling no it's beautiful um what do you think is the um what do you think that that when it comes to community support and the way that that people look at what can people do more of to support local businesses and local entrepreneurs especially at this at this kind of juncture we're at with, uh, with covid gosh. i mean i guess uh, i think you know with the pandemic and everything and how things are shifted and pivoted you know everyone is is um a lot of the shopping is online now it's all e-commerce um but I think that still the big corporations are, you know, there's still a lot to be said where we still need to look and don't forget about the small business people that are trying to make ends meet and, you know, shop local, support your local companies and businesses. Um, that, that to me would be one way. Um, a lot of us are right there in your own back door. So, yeah. yeah. And and lots of us will, will will we will deliver quicker than Amazon because Amazon might be able to do it in twenty four hours. We will do it same day. Um, I mean, a, a perfect example is I think one of the first times that I had Wabanaki maple was actually uh, when I was gifted uh, an NB box uh, about two years ago, which is uh, such an incredible. Um, you know, it's such an incredible concept, anyway, where whereby people can, of course, you know, enjoy uh, New Brunswick products. Um, in this way and of course share them i mean this is one of the things that i also find unique to this place is entrepreneurs like nb box uh curating the very best of what we have have here and again i mean it it, it has the dual purpose of supporting the business but also making people aware and like i say for me it was my first experience of wabanaki maple was uh, inside an nb box and then i became a, a regular customer <laughs> well I, I gotta say you know what 
uh, Envy Box. Ingrid is fantastic, the owner and founder. I, I love Ingrid. Um, she's been one of our biggest supporters, and what her what she's put together is absolutely fantastic with her her gifts from New Brunswick uh, made and and biz- supporting all those businesses. I just yeah, I adore I adore her and her business, her company. So obviously, you know, 2020 was a year that that none of us expected. None of us, none of us saw it coming. Uh, how did you manage to to kind of uh, weather the storm, ride the storm, and 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 what were the ways in which you were able to kind of keep operating, producing, and indeed keep selling? Well, I mean, you know, unfortunately, yeah, we we were we were hit pretty hard at the beginning with when it hit us. Uh, it was so unexpected, and and um, it was scary, not knowing. Uh, if we were going to be able to survive as a young company, you know, we were just only in our, started our second year in operations, but a lot. And the other thing was a lot of our, in one of our revenue streams, the big piece was special events and trade shows that we had planned to attend. Um, that being said with everything, all the restrictions and enclosures, uh, we were very fortunate that we had a, our, our website with an e-commerce um, already launched. So, you know, pivoting some of those um, and transitioning to doing online uh, virtual trade shows is where we kind of uh, went. And that that helped um, with our sales on our store. But yeah, I mean, so we were, like I say, there's silver lining too. I try to look for a silver lining and that was one of them was having the store up and running because, you know, um, th- that's where a lot of our, our traction, you know, it, it, how the company continued. To grow. Yeah, I mean, that's the that is one of the things. And as you say, I mean, there's nothing ideal about a global pandemic, obviously, but I think it's definitely a very kind of East Coast and an Atlantic Canadian mindset that we are all trying to find, you know, the, the light in the tunnel, essentially. And, you know, one of the one of the positives is finding those ways that that or, or pursuing the things that we um we had on the back burner. I mean, this podcast is a perfect example of something which I've been talking about doing for years. And and three weeks into lockdown, it became a reality. Um, so it's uh, it's it's definitely kind of I think forced us all of us as as entrepreneurs and as as, as creatives to kind of uh, think more. Um, where do you think, where do you see things headed? Do you think that maybe even after, say, the whole world is vaccinated, that actually some of the things that have come out of this, like, I mean, you mentioned virtual trade shows. I mean, I'm sure traditionally, you, if there was two or three trade shows happening in different parts of the world on the same day, you wouldn't be able to obviously be in all three places. But suddenly now, uh, in, in an age of virtual, you could in theory do all three. Do you think some things like that may continue? Oh, I, I think so, so for sure. I think definitely. I mean, um, th- there has been benefits. There's it, it can save on some of your expenses and traveling and so forth. So, you know, why not? Why not utilize what we do have? And, and it's been working. So I, I can foresee us staying, you know, uh, some I still enjoy in-person events so that's one of my favorite things <laughs> i love meeting the people that have tried our syrup or the first time they do try it you know so and talking to them and explaining about our products and how you know the relationship of indigenous people and and maple syrup uh, as a food source so um obviously i would love to see it kind of go back to somewhat normal where we can get out and and be around and connect with people 
it's definitely something we all miss that that connection. But obviously, in, until then, it's uh, you know, this is the world we're living in. And I guess the important thing is, as long as we all stay connected. Um, I mean, you mentioned then about you know educating people about the, the historical element. I mean, I mean, can you tell me a bit about that? Because I know, obviously, I mean, not many people know that that way before you know uh, sugar came with the fur trade, indigenous peoples of the First Nations were harvesting savoury sap from maple trees many, many years before. Can, can you tell me a bit about that? Sure. I mean, and, and this is a lot of the information you may get, it, it, it's, it's, it's been passed down verbally. So there's a lot of documentations not hasn't been there necessarily. But what I understand it to be is that, you know, they, they work very hard. And it was mostly the women that actually managed the sugar groves back, you know, hundreds of years ago and did the work of collecting um, the sap uh, from the trees in their birch bark baskets and then bringing it to their camp to be boiled down in in uh, hollowed out logs with the, and heating the stones, keeping the fires going. So, you know, I just found it so interesting and, you know, wonders like to myself, like, oh my gosh, that would have like so much work and dedication to 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 do that to to be able to make throughout the spring or it was what they relied on in the spring it was the first harvest of a, a food so it helped with um the, you know it, maple syrup has lots of nutrients or the maple sap water and they would drink that to help replenish some of the the nutrients that they would have lost throughout the winter um you know season so just it just I just found it so interesting for myself to learn you know a little bit about you know how how it was and how they you know would uh, tap the trees with um, and use like maybe willow um, hollowed out willow to, to so that the, the sap could drain into their birch bar baskets and they would have had to make these birch baskets you know hundreds of them to gather that sap so I, I just get really uh, emotional thinking about that yeah i know it's it's incredible as you say the 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 strength of them and that i mean as a, and as a proud feminist i love stories like this and i love the fact that that what you've created is is a is a is a product and a and a, and a thing you're passionate about that that tastes delicious but is also steeped in in history and and the fact that you're able to educate people while also um you know feeding their taste buds is quite a beautiful thing <laughs> well you know, and i got to tell you like i say i am still a student and, and i look I look for things every day to to learn from. So especially with my culture, it's it's um, it's just something that I have embraced and and I really respectfully uh, want to continue sharing what I know or what I learn. Amazing. I mean, tell me a bit about the actual the, the process, because I know obviously that the the, the, the the syrups obviously sourced locally, and then it's it's repurposed in in oak barrels from whiskey distilleries. But can you tell me how that process takes place and how those delicious uh, flavors come out? Well, it um, it basically you know we we source our maple syrup, yes, uh, for now because we do want to close the loop on that, but. That's another uh, topic we'll get down. <laughs> um, next time. <laughs> next time, maybe. Uh, so we, we, we source um, previously used spirit barrels as well as uh, new oak barrels. And what happens is it's a trans we transfer uh, the raw into the raw syrup into our barrels. Um, there's a process of our aging times. Everything's um, monitored and tested to see the most delectable when it's the most delectable uh, the flavors the best and um once we determine that that they're ready to be bottled and uh 
ready for the shelf. Um, we do all our in-house um, bottling um, and labeling and packaging. So, yeah, I mean, it, it typically can be anywhere from three months to six months before a barrel is ready to be bottled. Wow. Yeah. It's a That's matter incredible. of the esters from the barrels um, naturally extracting into the syrup. Um, so, yes. Oh, it's, it's it's truly truly incredible, um, and the process every second of that process is worth it. I can I can safely say <laughs> as a, as a fan, <laughs> yeah. And and um and and what's what's next for you? Like, where, do, are you constantly trying to um evolve or and look at the next thing, or is it generally a case of you know you, you you're doing the thing you love? So how can we just keep keep doing it? I'm not going to stay stay in one place. <laughs> I'm going to continue <laughs> moving with with the company though, and and growing in different. Um, I want to say uh, industry. We're looking at uh, building towards the uh, tourism industry as well. Once things um, um, settle with COVID, but and, and new products. I have, you know, there's a there's a number of items that we're hoping uh, we can put up on our website. You know, th- this year at least a uh, couple, and and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep growing and, and experiment. I want to say experimenting, but you know, it is trial and error. See which what's going to work. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely a lot more to Wabanaki maple that I have, um, in, in the works. Amazing. I mean, I mean, you mentioned tourism and, and I don't think we should be afraid to talk about, you know, the, the things that we, we all want to come back. And, and of course, no one's encouraging people to travel now when it's not safe. But, you know, things will go back to normal in a year, two years. Um, uh, New Brunswick uh, tourism is, is an incredible uh, feeder of the of the economy. But of course, the one thing we all want for New Brunswick tourism is, is for it to, to grow um, and, 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 and continue thriving back to, to how it was can you tell me a bit about you know uh that project and, and and ideas that you have because i mean of course there are there is huge interest not just nationally but but globally to to learn more about um indigenous history within canada and especially within new brunswick so so i'm sure there's a there's a big story there for you to tell i mean for now you know uh more short term and then the long term but the short term right now is looking as though we we're planning to um build expand our building we've outgrown our, our current facility so we are planning an, ex- an, an expansion and with that it would entail having a retail storefront um, slash storytelling area um, and to to share you know the important significance with the maple syrup in our culture as well as offering a culinary experience with it um, there's tons of little things that you know you can do uh, like smoked salmon over a fire pit. So those those are little ideas that we'd like to incorporate with a you know our storefront and visitor experience. Um, and more long term is you know we wanted I wanted to close the loop here with you know we have great we have great partners with our our maple syrup and sourcing it, but we'd also like to have um, our own sugary where we could take people back in time and and kind of go through the steps. Uh, from then till you know the settlers and then and now where we're at um so so there's a lot of work ahead of us but that's that's the goal is to to keep moving forward to be able to share um what we know or what i know with with the industry and and with others to connect them 
That's amazing. I mean, that's that has the uh, such incredible um, potential for 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 tourism for this for this for this region. That really is such exciting news. And of course, I mean, it helps that you are also located in an incredibly beautiful part of New Brunswick. So the combination of people being able to come, uh, see that, experience it, and also. Um, you know, learn so much. Uh, that that's really, really exciting. Oh, thank you. Absolutely, I agree with you. It's uh, this this area is, it's absolutely beautiful with so many, uh, the the forestries and the waterways, the medicines. Um, it, it's beautiful, just beautiful. It's so exciting, and I mean, as I say, I mean, one of those. It's one of those things that that, like so many great New Brunswick businesses, the the, the potential for uh, multifaceted uh, spin-offs of things. I mean, the fact that everything you just described to me, you know, it sounds so exciting. But then, of course, the, then you think about the benefit that has to hotels or potentially people opening hotels and and restaurants locally. Like, I mean, you're obviously very very passionate about about the the the, the heritage aspect and the cultural aspect, but obviously you're very passionate about your your local community um that must all of these ideas must be incredibly exciting to to the local community and of course the local businesses oh for sure i mean and that's the thing it is we we're so tight it's such a tight-knit community here uh in tobik nagukuk it's it's everyone knows everybody and <laughs> that's you know that's probably it could have its downside too but <laughs> I, I try to look at it as a positive thing and uh, absolutely that you know our, our chief counsel everyone here has been you know very supportive and and yeah i i'm i'm, I'm excited about it all that's nice. As you say, it's a plus and a, if you're good at what you do and people like what you do, it's it's nice to live in a small place, but you you can't do anything wrong. You can never put a foot wrong because uh, and then <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know about that. <laughs> and then the other thing is of course, I mean sometimes you just want to nip into the local shop and and get out quickly, but um it, when you know everyone, that's not an easy thing to do, is it? No, it isn't. It isn't. So, I mean, like I say, it has the upsides and downsides sometimes just depends right <laughs> oh it's so beautiful I, mean, I i can't thank you enough for your for your insights jolene and, and everything that you do uh, for the community but also for my taste buds it, it's really uh, i'm a i'm a huge fan and i also can't wait to to come and visit you this summer and re- and really see it myself oh, i am i am so happy this has been a wonderful chat with you and i like again i, I say thank you it's been a wonderful uh, wonderful day chatting with you love your accent by the way <laughs> oh well thank you well i love yours that's why I, I i i left these accents behind i don't like my own accent i find it very grating i, I so that's why i left the english behind i staged my own brexit uh, <laughs> well but, as, uh, as you said i i am going to be looking forward to meeting you um down the road in, in the spring maybe when everything's uh it's starting to bloom maybe Absolutely. I, I, I can't wait. And I also c- cannot thank you enough for your time and insights today. It's been, it's been truly magical. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to Mullinger Meets Canadians. If you like greatness, creativity, being inspired, laughing, or just love Canada as much as I do, then this is the podcast for you. So please do subscribe and review the show now. 
And be sure to order Jolene's beautiful maple syrup from www.wabanakimaple.com. Follow them on Instagram at Wabanaki Maple and like their Facebook page. Just search for Wabanaki Maple. Further details can be found on the Edit website, maritimeedit.com, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Podstarter. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.